Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the world's greatest boxing podcast, I Like Boxing with Joe and Joel. I'm Joseph Caulfield, joined as always by the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Joel Illier. Joel, bonjour, monsieur. I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good, good thanks. Good, it's, good. Been a, it's been a good week so far. Can't complain. I'm still alive. Well, bloody hell, that's a low bar you're setting there, Joe. I know, it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, what's, what's gone on, Joe? <laughs> what's gone on? The only way is up. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Been a tough week at work, is it? Yeah, it has actually. Yeah? Yeah, hey. yeah. I mean, it's actually been really great, probably up until the last few... No, it's, it's been fine, actually, mate. Yeah, it's just, you know, you start seeing... gets a bit wearisome, some of the, you know... Win- winter's behavior. coming anyway. Exactly. You know, so, mate, yeah. Yeah. Less on the bright side with this stuff. Yeah. yeah. But otherwise, it's all good. How good, are you? Good, good. Excellent. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, mate. I'm good. Been a decent week, you know. Put in the money, all of that, mate. That's all that matters, isn't it? This yeah, you're world, a success you know? in life, Joe, aren't exactly, you? Exactly, mate. I'm just <laughs> blazing a trail, mate. You are indeed. Blazing yeah. A trail. yeah. I'm a, what do they call it? Trail of destruction. Something, <laughs> something like a, 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 a successful man about town. Something yeah, like that. yeah, I think so. Whoever uh, said that about you? Oh, loads of people, <laughs> mate. Just not heard them or seen them. Okay, and you'll never meet them because <laughs> <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> get on with it. Get yeah, on with your job, get on mate. With this. Right. So Denzel Bentley has been given a shot at middleweight title holder Yanibek Alumak Hanuli on the. 12th of November at Palms Casino Resort, Las Vegas. I remember saying to you, Joel, where did this one come out of? Because it was it was a bit left field. And, you know, Denzel Bentley's done nothing really at all, actually. He's done nothing to deserve a title shot, a really good world champion at that, you know, middleweight. Um, but fair play to him. I mean, I wish him the best of luck because he's going to need it. He, I don't think he's going to win. Well, to, <laughs> to be fair to Denzel Bentley, he... He knocked out Marcus Morrison, which Chris Eubank Jr. couldn't do. Right. You know? Yeah. Maybe he should be on pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a story, actually, that really uh, is irritating this. So Mike Coppinger of ESPN, who actually originally reported that Errol Spence, Terence Crawford was on, has now reported that that fight's off. What, what I want to say, actually, on this is really simple, right? If they do not fight anytime soon, then as far as I'm concerned, both their legacies are completely tarnished. Yeah, but I think we've got to agree with you, but I think we've also got to be fair on Terence Crawford here. Mm. This seems a clear duck by Al Spence. Yeah, and Al Heyman. (laughs) I mean, so what's happened here is that they've done a deal. I'm I'm not sure what the percentage split was. Was it 60-40 or 55-45, something like that? Yeah, something like that. Something like that in Errol Spence's favour. So Terence Crawford's taken the short end of the deal. Yeah. And then Terence Crawford has said, well, you need to open the books to me. You know, I need to know what my percentage is of. Yeah. And they've refused to do so. So... I'm sorry, you cannot argue that it is unreasonable for a fighter who is on a percentage split mm. to see the books. It's, yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right in a way. Maybe Terence Crawford isn't to, to blame so much, but 
this, I mean, it will be such a shame, really. I mean, legacy-wise, I mean, no one's going to really give care about that sort of detail, that, that very good detail you've given. We're just going to look back on it and go, why didn't these two fight? Well, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, not... what I'm saying, I agree with you, but what I'm saying is the reason these two haven't yeah. fought is because of Earl Spence. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, but I think it's really important to, yeah. at least now, we, yeah. we're saying it, you yeah. know, and that the boxing world recognise it, except puts a bit of, a little bit of pressure mm. on Errol, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and also, I mean, in two or three years' time, these two are highly unlikely to be the top bosses in that division. In 18 so months So they've time. got a short window of time mm. to really stamp, put the stamp on their respective legacies. So. They're also in their early to mid-30s, aren't yes, they? Yes, exactly. So I think Spence must be about 32 and Crawford 35. Absolutely, you're right. Something you're, you're like right. that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Right, and yeah. so if that's the case, then these guys needed to fight now. It's already too late, really, yeah. in no, terms of... Yeah. It has a real historical significance. Mm. And yeah, it's just, it's just kissing it goodbye. It's, it's such a shame, but you know, fighters oftentimes these days are more interested in, in just protecting their brand rather than gambling to elevate it. And it's, mm. it's a bit of a sad, sad state of affairs, really. Right, the next story. So, cruiserweight boss Jay Opatai months off his fantastic performance against Maris Bradis, in which he solidified his status as the cruiserweight king. He has been in some legal difficulties after an unsavoury incident recently, essentially following a trip to a Sydney nightclub. Now, what's happened is that he, I believe he was refused entry to a nightclub, likely because he was, let's put it politely, intoxicated. <laughs> he hasn't taken that particularly, that news particularly well. Now, here are some of the uh, some of the quotes that he. So these are some of the things he's allegedly told the police. He's allegedly told the officers, "Fuck you, you fucking idiots! I've sat here arrested for nothing." Then he's called one of the officers a, a dumb four-eyed piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> following which he's been arrested, which is fairly understandable. And at the police cell, he has basically decided to urinate in the cell, oh, which, which you do. I mean, that's disgusting. Yeah, that's actually. never a good look. So um, I'm not exactly sure what his, uh, what his penalty was. I suspect a fine and maybe, you know, some sort of community I service nonsense. I think it was two, two years probation. Two years probation. Yeah. But... What worry, you know, I always get a bit worried when I see stuff like this because I always think, you know, boxing's good for people who have, you know, problems dealing with their aggression. You like them to keep that aggression within the confines of the ring when mm. you're when you're displaying that in public, you know, in an embarrassing yeah, it's situation. A it's a, you know, so let's hope that maybe whatever help he does, he, he needs to kind of curb that sort of behaviour he gets. But actually, the story is quite funny. I mean, it's as good. <laughs> oh, sort what? of stuff you did years ago, Joel, isn't it? Nah, not at all, mate. <laughs> what is a little bit worrying about it that isn't funny, though, oh, in right, terms yeah. of his boxing fans, is can he now fight abroad? You know, will he be allowed into Britain if he's on proba probation that's over true, in Australia? Actually. Yeah, gosh, that's an know. interesting Some one. Something to consider, isn't it? Yeah, no, good point. Let's see how that one pans out. Mm -hmm. Right, Dillian White has a new trainer, which is Hall of Famer Buddy McGirt. Joel, your thoughts, please. Buddy McGirt is a 
hired hand at the moment for Bart is slightly past their best. Yeah. That's and he, my thoughts I think it. he is past his best. Yeah. I think Buddy is a uh, is at the stage of his career where he just takes the sort of mm. biggest payday he can yeah. get and he's happy to travel these days. He's not doesn't seem to be that that fast staying over in where is it, Miami, I think he, he trains out of. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a great trainer. Let's face it, Buddy is is a seasoned pro. His best days, though, as a trainer were probably 15 years ago with Arturo Gatti. Yeah. Uh, with the sort of renaissance and the, of his career. He did an amazing job turning him, his, his career around. Jo- Joel, don't ruin one of my segments later. Oh, I do apologise. <laughs> I do apologise. And... Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. I, it, it. If you were to say to me, if before this, he probably someone needs was to, to say something. to me, who, who, who will Dillian White be going for extra train? I think, well, yeah, that's Buddy McGirt makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But you also wonder, does that mean that Dillian's going to be going over to the US to train? Or is Buddy going to be going over to Portugal to train with Dillian? I have no idea. I've got to be honest with you. I think Dillian White has no hope of winning a world title to be brutally honest with no, you no way, not you know i think he might become a stepping stone quite soon as well oh. um sadly i mean i just thought his performance against tyson which i expected to be honest really showed all the all the sort of flaws that i think he has and i don't think he's he? got 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 it what it takes i'm afraid right boxingscene.com have reported that sonny edwards is going to fight Felix Alvarado in London on the 11th of November. I think that's been signed, sealed and delivered now. That's a good fight. I fully expect Sonny Edwards to win, though, on points, as always. Uh, He'll do his thing. (laughs) He will put on a masterclass and will barely get hit. So, And actually, I have to tell you, Joel, you might not be aware of this. Your mate, Martin, who was round here, right? Wasn't he well, for, the, for the boxing for last the boxing, week? Yeah. Yep. So he responded to a tweet that Sonny Edwards did, in which Sonny Edwards was um, disparaging towards a particular podcast and one of the, you know, one of their opinions on something. Martin replied and said, "You want to check out? I like boxing with Joe and Joel, <laughs> mate. It's a top, you know, top quality podcast. So thank you, Martin. Well, what an astute observation! Exactly. By Martin, I know. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I hope he enjoys that. Brand we gave him, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I responded back, obviously copying uh, Sonny and saying thank you for the endorsement, Martin. Much appreciated. We got a retweet of that tweet from Sonny Edwards. Oh, love Whether he's job, listened to our podcast yeah, is a different another thing. <laughs> <laughs> soon to come, soon to come. Right. Well, I think we can take that as an official endorsement of the pod, anyway. Exactly. Maybe we should put that on yeah. our billboards. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I doubt he'd retweet us unless he knew a little bit about it. Exactly. Us. I reckon yeah. he's probably written into the podcast weekly letters page. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On yeah. our behalf. Yeah. Right. Um, Huey Fury, you know, I mentioned he'd pull out of the uh, Michael Hunter fight and Not we the, said it was due to the Ill, illness in yeah. inverted commas. I yeah. remember you saying that. Well, I know what the uh, sickness is and he's actually uh, posted on social media. He is suffering the effects of long COVID. That oh, isn't yeah. particularly funny, actually. So, Well, it is very Huey Fury, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if a young man in the prime of his life was going to get young, long COVID, it was going to be Huey Fury, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Poor bastard. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one. We you know we're, we we worry for him. He's he's missed out on so many fights because of illness and this and that and the other. Just always ill. Yeah, yeah. He's like Thomas Vizicky, Darren Anderton, Darren Anderton, yeah. Darren Anderton of the boxing. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on, <laughs> and Joe Cordina. 
has been forced to pull out of his first world title defence against Rakimov and also now has been stripped of the title. So that's funny. He he was a world champion who never got to defend the title. Aww. Because he paid Rakimov step-aside money, yeah. the contract with whatever organisation it was basically was quite strict that he had a certain time frame. Yeah, it was the IBF. To, yeah, it was the IBF. Yeah, yeah the exactly. IBF, you can't, you can't mess about. There was no about. exemption. Yeah, no, exactly. there's no exemption. And two, right, that's so how all, all the governing bodies should, should be run, in my opinion. Yep. And he uh, he posted a, I don't know what the injury was, but he posted a picture of his hand. It looked like he'd had to have some sort of, it was horrible, actually. Like some like, sort of hand transplant, didn't it? Yeah, did you see it? <laughs> yeah, 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 it was disgusting. <laughs> it did look awful. So, um, yeah, hopefully he uh, gets well soon and he'll get another, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll be in line for another world title fight quickly. Um, once he's recovered, I'm sure he'll be fighting the winner of maybe Rakamoff and whoever he's, yeah, because, yeah, you know, he... In, his, in essence, he is really, he's still a world champion. You've got to lose your title in the ring. So there's the news. Right. Let's move on to our Kinahan of the week. We've got two here. We're going to follow up a little bit on the International Boxing Association story from last week because it's such an important story, really. They deserve the Kinahan of the week. Well, they probably deserve it on an ongoing basis, let's be honest with you, until they sort themselves out. Mm. Um, now, what's happened was, um, I think I mentioned this last week, so they've banned the Ukrainian junior amateur boxing team from fighting at the European Championships. No, not quite. No, they haven't. They've banned and it, we didn't discuss this no, last week. I know what you're going to say. This only happened a few days ago. Yeah, go They've on. banned them from fighting under the flag yeah. or the national anthem. So in essence, they cannot represent, let's be honest, yeah. Ukraine. And so the junior team took it upon themselves, essentially, to pull out of the tournament. Yeah. Their boxers individually just, just didn't fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I believe this is also off the back of a decision that was made some time ago already to ban Ukraine full stop from amateur boxing at senior level. So again, this is whilst to provide a little bit of context and and, and to be fair to what's happening here, this is the IBA who is essentially a... It's a Russian-run organisation who are largely funded by Gazprom. Yeah. So it could be argued that the IBA are involved in a bit of tit for tat here. Yeah. Um, Russian athletes and Federation worldwide have been banned uh, in many sporting organisations, including um, fully banned, as in their athletes not only can't uh, compete under the flag, yeah. but they can't actually compete at tournaments full stop. Like, yeah. and, and I'll just show you to Wimbledon this year, yeah. which um, banned Russian athletes. And basically the IBA are have the IBA are mirroring the decisions that the IOC have made regarding Russian athletes. Mm, so yeah. they've done exactly the same thing. They said, you can take part, but you're doing it under the IBA flag, yeah, not under your Ukrainian flag. Yeah. And the IOC have said now for the Russian athletes, we can take part, but you're running on, you're competing under the Olympic banner yeah, and not the... Uh, Russian banner exactly so yeah. that's so what the IPA is saying is that athletes from Russia and Belarus have not been able to participate and nor should Ukraine while that's going on yeah. but that the IPA and Kremlov himself the president yeah. says I do think that Ukrainian athletes should be able to compete under their flag just as Russian athletes and Belarusian athletes should 
that's that's actually the reality of the situation. If he said that, then why have they been prevented from doing so? They haven't been prevented. He, no, he's saying that whilst Russian athletes are banned, so the I so Russian athletes currently Russian boxers yeah. are not allowed to compete yeah, yeah, yeah. under the IBA either. Oh, I see. Okay, because yeah, the yeah, IOC yeah. insisted on it in March. Yeah, that as part of the uh, the IBA being recognised by yeah. the IOC. Yeah. The the IBA needed to rescind recognition recognition of Russian athletes. Oh, okay, fine. Um, so it's still a shitty move. Yes, it you is. Know, a it shitty is. Move, it's yeah. a shitty move. So let's not. You know, no. I'm just pointing out what the actual situation is here, which we're not mm. going to see in in many of our newspapers. Let's face yeah. it. Yeah. But that is the situation, and we've all got our own views on it. I personally. Don't think the Russian athletes should be banned. Yeah, uh, they're individuals. Yes, I agree. Yeah, that are doing their thing yeah, for themselves. Exactly. You know, I yeah. don't think they should be banned, and they're just not think, responsible for what's going on no. in the world. <laughs> and I don't think anyone thinks they are. Yeah, and I just think it's incredibly petty mm. when when we start doing this. You know, mm. and, and you're messing with people's lives and yeah. work literally their literal whole lives, sacrifice mm. everything mm. in any top sport to be there. Yeah, and you just go because of a situation, nothing to do with them. Yeah. You may not even live in. Russia, you may not even live in Ukraine. Mm. You, know, you may not have any connections to the government. You may not even be getting the particularly large government funding. We're still going to ban you. Yeah, and that, based yeah. on nationality, and let's face it, that is out and out pure racism. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not a racist, and I yeah. don't like racism. Yeah. yeah, and I see it as racism. Yeah, so that's how I view the situation. Yeah, I think that the government of Russia have been horrific mm. over the last year mm. or so or well <laughs> generally not great however mm. you know let's let's be fair in a situation like this we need to we need to look at the situation as a whole all sides are behaving pretty appallingly here now it's interesting that we just touched on the the, the, the bits about the U- ukrainian amateur boxing setup and how they've been affected by the ongoing situation with the iba let's also not forget the big picture here which is that boxing amateur boxing is no is currently not on the list for the los angeles 2028 olympics and won't be unless the iba makes you know numerous changes which based on the current trajectory of how they're being run, is just not going to happen. In it, fact, there's more or less sticking two fingers up at the International Olympic Committee. I would say that the International Olympic Committee and the IPA are just completely at war now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is sad because, I mean, let's look at it long term. In So let's assume that boxing won't be one of the competitions at the 2028 Olympics. Massively going to affect funding all mm. over the world, but let's, you know, particularly here. People aren't going to want to take up, you know, boxing necessarily, whereas they might have been inspired to do so having seen, you know. So it's going to have a massive impact on the sport of boxing, like huge. And then who knows if it's not at the 2028 Olympics, you know, will it be at the Olympics four years later? Do Could we be in a situation where it's just not at the Olympics for, a, you know, decades? Who knows? We might be dead by the time it's back in the uh, Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> brightness and sunshine today, isn't yeah. you, <laughs> No, look, it is a worry. It's a huge worry for the sport. Yeah. And I think that there should we should be able to come to some sort of agreement mm. somewhere. Because, you know, it's like the last Olympics, the IPA weren't involved. Yes. Boxing still went on. Yeah, exactly. You know, can we not get something like that going again? And let's be clear why the IBA weren't involved, because... 
the b- boxing at the 2018 Olympics, God. some of the results were so clearly corrupt and be dodgy ignored. Could not and be also were anymore. investigated and, mm. you know, a report was published. I can't remember the fella's name, but he, you know, it was clear that there were numerous fights where yeah. corruption was evident. And therefore, yeah, the IBA just couldn't be involved because they weren't able to deal with this sort of stuff. No. Yeah, it's 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 a big shame. Um, we'll have to see how how this one pans out. But at the minute, the IBA are a ongoing contender for the <laughs> If ever we were at a loss for who to pick, we should just go back to the IBA job. Well, we should just have the IBA of the week, maybe. <laughs> Like it could just be a given, yeah. it? and then who's, who's going to partner them? Because that's what we're doing, isn't it? Yeah, we're actually running side by side. To be fair, last week we had two Kinnahans of the week, and this week is our second yeah, Kinnahan of the week. Second, we've got another Kinnahan of the week. Yeah. So, right, Javonta Davis is going to be our second Kinnahan of the week. So, this is—I didn't really know any. In fact, I didn't know anything about this, but um, he is in court this month for an assault or. Uh, that took place in 2020 of an ex-girlfriend. And this was this was actually recorded. And it took place at a basketball game. I don't know if you've seen it, but he basically, he has some sort of altercation where he grabs his Got girlfriend the by the throat. Yeah, yeah and, I did see this And at sort the time. of forcefully drags her out. And then they, you know, it's, it's very unsavory. But then that's oh, now yeah. coupled with him facing trial. And, I'll, and I, I, I don't know the details, but I just, I find it amazing that, that's not the only criminal charge he's, he's, he's having to deal with. He's <laughs> facing trial for an alleged hit and run incident that took place last year. So that was in December. Oh, uh, so, sorry, this took place last year and this trial is due for December 2022. And oh, I, God, actually, I read the the lady's testimony about this and it sounded absolutely awful, yeah. to be fair to her. Yeah. I, I really, look, you know, I don't. I don't know. I, I wasn't there. I don't know if it happened, but having seen Javonta Davis, he does come across as a bit of a nasty bastard. Well, she's alleging that there was a hit and run incident. He originally stopped. Yeah, she was six months or so pregnant, and she was hysterical, mm. saying, "You know, I'm pregnant." Uh, whatever was going on and yeah. he just sort of listened for a second and then just, just like well I'm getting in my car and I'm off yeah yeah and he, he just drove off and she was in a bad way she was injured and she was stuck on the side of the road she couldn't have her yeah. vehicle was a write-off I think and yeah it, it wasn't good it wasn't a good look no it was not a good look and she quite admirably actually has not taken a settlement because mm. she's tried to force this to court and said, no, he needs to be punished. I actually thought just that he was the this. one who chose a trial by um, whatever it is over there. Oh, I thought it was the op- opposite. I mean, might be wrong, Joel, to be fair. But no, if that if that's correct, then... Let's yeah. face it, most likely, Joe, both gonna... of us are somehow wrong on this exactly. one. <laughs> <laughs> but Javonta Davis, let's be honest here, you know... So you you, you got to sort yourself out, mate. There are too yeah. many of these incidents taking place as... Uh, What's that saying? There's no smoke without fire. The the bit that was re- certainly the the assault that was recorded, you know. To be fair, I've seen a lot worse, but there's never an excuse for doing that. <laughs> no, it's true. I'm not. I'm not saying that to. I'm not trying to uh, underplay it, but it's you know. I have. There's there no, have remember, been worse. It there, wasn't. It it wasn't. But it's a, still bang out of order. Yeah. No. So, Javonta uh, Davis, sort yourself out. Come on now. Getting silly.
Right, let's um, let's go to the magazine lottery segment. Right, so I pulled out a copy of Boxing News last week, which was the 17th of July 2009 edition, priced at £2.70. I don't know why I'm so fixated on the price of these, but anyway... <laughs> Because I'm tight, <laughs> I'm skin. The front cover is a picture of the legendary Arturo Gatti with the caption, Murdered in Brazil, the shocking death of a great warrior. And there is a three-page tribute by the one and only Tris Dixon. Go on, Tris. And it's a really excellently written piece of journalism. And... So there's a few things I want to talk about here um, in terms in terms of the article. Now, what do you know about the circumstances of of his death, Joel? Yeah, quite a bit. I yeah. remember it. Yeah. Didn't he end up with a pick through his skull? S- yeah, something like that. But he, but he, but, but he also essentially the. I believe that the coroner or whatever they call him, the report. And in Brazil, anyway, where he was found dead, ruled it to be suicide. suicide. But he somehow cracked this thing through his head. Something like that, yeah. What, so what happened was he, in, in essence, at the time of his death, he was having marital troubles. So what I do know, having researched it, is that when they got married, they had a prenuptial agreement. So Turo Gay, yeah. at the time of his death, had three million pounds worth of assets. Okay, so he obviously, when he got married, wanted to protect his assets. I guess for someone of that, you know, fame and with that amount of fame and fortune, that's quite standard. What happened was they were having marital trouble, and in the lead up to that, I think she'd threatened to to leave him and take their son and stop stop him from seeing her ever again, unless he essentially agreed to change the pre-nuptial mm-hmm. agreement and get rid of it. So what he did was, I think he did that, and then he also made a will leaving everything to her, right? Right. So she's no longer in a position where if they divorce, she gets nothing. She's now in a position where that agreement no longer takes effect and there's a will in place that leaves everything to her. There were some interesting quotes in here. So Pat Lynch, who was a Turo Gatti's longtime manager, was really close to him, absolutely devastated when he found out that he died. He um, he said the following about Arturo Gatti's wife. I was never comfortable around her. And this is just after his death. I always thought there was a motive and he knew how I felt. He didn't bring her around. His family felt the same way. When he said he was getting divorced, I was so happy. But he got lured back in. Mm. And his, I think it was his sister who actually unbelievably got married on the day that Arturo Gatti died. She says the following, and here's another quote from her. She only talked about money. She used my brother for money. And his older brother, Joe, who is a former super middleweight contender. Again, here's another quote. I think his wife set him up. The woman was no good. There was there was a lot of ill will amongst, I would we say, you know, fairly good people towards this this woman. Anyway... Because of this, and because the 
coroners or the authorities in Brazil ruled it, ruled it to be a suicide and it was suspicious. His family hired private investigators and they actually eventually exhumed his, his body. Okay. And I believe that they they hired six experts in like the homicide field or whatever and all of them basically said, no, this was a homicide. They asked the Brazilian authorities to reconsider it. I think the long and short of it was that they did, but they stuck to their guns. Hmm. So... No one really officially it's a suicide, but there's a you know there's a lot of mystery regarding this, and it's all very surreal. And his wife was Brazilian, right? Just to point out, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Now this got me thinking. I mean, Arturo Gatti was involved in some some legendary fights, and Tris Dixon talks about a few of these. So I'm just going to reel off because let, let's be honest. Let's talk about what he was great at. He was one of the Best TV fighters of all time, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, he was rarely involved in a, a dull fight. He probably was, wasn't involved in a dull fight. <laughs> well, actually, he was once, once uh, Buddy McGurk came once, on yeah. board. <laughs> and, but, so, for those who don't know, so Arturo Gatti was essentially an, an, an action fighter who was known, you, you could never rule him out. He made numerous comebacks when all seemed oh. lost. He had remarkable powers of recovery. Exactly. When Buddy McGurk got involved, which was probably around 2000, this was around the time of his first fight with Mickey Ward, I believe, or maybe he had his first fight prior to that. He was definitely in the corner for the first Mickey Ward fight. For the Mickey Ward fight, was he? Yeah, for the first one, 100%. Um, He... Arturo Gatti was actually a really good boxer, very slick, a very smooth combination puncher. He was, he was he, a clean puncher. He was a very clean puncher. That's why he got loads of knockouts, because he hit you technically perfectly. Yep. Wasn't the world's greatest fighter. I mean, you know, when you put him in the ring with someone like Floyd Mayweather, you know, it yeah. was a one-sided beatdown. But technically, he was fant- excellent, and he, he could punch. Again, Joe, I slightly disagree with you there. Technically, he was excellent attacking. Yes, yeah, not he defensively. He was not technically good <laughs> defensively at all. He was not a rounded <laughs> fighter. He was a superb attacking fighter yeah. who was he was a blood and guts warrior, has his nickname. Exactly. Know, he, he was like Newcastle on the Kevin Keegan. He was like... <laughs> <laughs> he was a bit. That's not a bad analogy, exactly, though, man. Exactly. Yeah, right. So, gonna go through a couple of fights, Joel. Right. So, did you watch Aturo Gatti's fight against Gabriel Ruelas? Yeah, of course Ruelas I did. In nineteen ninety-seven. Of course, that's probably his best fight. What a fight that was! Yeah, yeah, that was one of his typical ones where Ruelas uh, just connected early, hurt. Gatti so badly so often earlier in the fight mm. and he just dug in and he kept landing and eventually came through and stopped him quite early um, stopped him in fifth the fifth round yeah, yeah. exactly so from, that, that was one of the most remarkable fights you'll see actually it's, I think he was unbeaten going in or not unbeaten he had an early loss but he was yeah. he was really on the up going yeah. into that fight and Bob Mee said, although I think this is slightly over the top, uh, he called that the greatest fight it's been his privilege to witness in 20 years ringside. Don't get me wrong, it was a great fight, but, I, you know. No, that was an all-action fight. It was I loved that fight. fight. I loved yeah. that fight. Um, then here's another one that I watched in the uh, lead-up to this. This was Arturo Gatti's 
fight against Wilson Rodriguez, which I think was his first defense of the IBF Super Featherweight title in the 1996, I think it was. In this fight, Arturo Gatti, after two rounds, could barely see out of both his eyes. His, I think one of his eyes was more or less completely shut, and he did go very puffy around the face yeah. in a lot of his fights. Yeah, well, he had, you could tell he'd had the plastic surgery around the eyes, hadn't he, yeah. as, as his career went on. Yeah. yeah. But in this fight, he was more or less done after two rounds. He was just getting tagged far too often. And then in the third round, this was this is where it gets ridiculous. In the third round, he was knocked down and got up, you know, didn't look particularly hurt, but you're thinking, you know, this is fight will get probably get stopped maybe it will be even be a corner stoppage yeah as soon as he got knocked down the tide of the fight just turned it was almost as if he he just said right i've had enough now and from that point onwards he absolutely battered rodriguez i mean absolute the guy could he's got one eye that's more or less shut another eye can you know half shut and he just absolutely just took him to the cleaners from that point. And he stopped him, I think it was maybe three rounds later. He put him down firstly with the body shot. And then he took him out, I think, with the left hook, which was one of his money punches. Yeah. Great, great left hook that he had. And yeah, I remember during the fight. So Larry Merchant said famously after two two rounds, I think it was, I think Gatti is in real trouble unless he can do something dramatic. Well, he certainly pulled it out of the bag. Obviously, we have to mention... so. Two things I think got me really into boxing when I was younger and getting into boxing. The first one was the When We Were Kings documentary. The yeah. second one was the Arturo Gatti, Mickey Ward first fight. Yeah. I remember watching that fight and just thinking, what have I been missing for my life for my, most of my life? Because yeah. if this if this is what if this is one of the you know best examples of what warriors can do in the ring imagine well, how many other fights i've missed absolutely. out on yeah you know yeah. and i remember show, i would show it to my mates going you've got to watch this i've never seen anything like this it's just wow. it's ridiculous so you i know, didn't realize that that fight had a massive effect that was one on of the i've watched that fight so sport. many times right. and I, I remember i watched that at university in my i think it was in my second year of university mm -hmm. so, so i did like boxing but i wouldn't say i was like you know as into you know in the way I am now, I was sort of feeling my way into it, discovering it, learning about it. But that was that was the fight where I thought, right, gosh, you've got to go headfirst into this now because God knows what else. If you know, if you, if, if these are the sort of fights that you haven't seen, and you're missing out. Well, it's funny because we both chose a fight each to show Paul, didn't we? A yes, few weeks ago, yeah. producer Paul, who came over to watch some fights with us, and, and we both went right. Well. What what's a fight that represents the sport for us? Yeah, yeah, and that was what you chose, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, it was Gatti yeah. Ward, the first, the first fight. fight so, yeah. yeah. So, and again, for our listeners who 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 don't know, in that fight, um, I mean, uh, just watch it, just watch yeah. it. It's it's incredible. You'll never see anything like that. So, one of the things that I loved about Arturo Gatti was the fact that he had no poker face whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever he got hurt, he just wore it on his face. He did, yeah. You know, you just knew instantly and his opponent knew instantly. Yeah. And I think that was one of the keys as to why his fights were so exciting. Yeah. Because every time there was any damage on the guy, his opponent would virtually just chase him around the ring. Yeah. Because they'll see it and go, right, oh, sweet, you know, yeah. it's on, I'm going to stop him. Yeah. And then they'll empty the tank. Yeah. 
and he's just sort of left standing. Oh, well, well, I might as well just throw a few back. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It was this sort of pattern to his fights, and it yeah. was it was brilliant. Well, he had an effect on my sort of young love of the sport, mm. actually, because he showed me very early on about how you can reinvent yourself in the ring. Yes, yes. You You're know, it was a big of... thing. And this was actually what he did under Buddy McGurk, yeah. which is probably yeah. Buddy McGurk's greatest achievement as a coach. Yeah. And this is his career post Mickey Ward. So yeah. at the time, uh, and this is sort of 2003, 2004. Yeah. And his profile was huge now. He was like a worldwide sporting name because he'd, he'd come off of this trilogy, this great trilogy with Mickey Ward, yeah. which had been broadcast around the world. And he was now box office and he was also all of a sudden he was like a protected fighter yeah so he had his contract with hbo i yeah. think it was and they were putting him on main events and he was now in against fights that he could pick mm. who he went in against he wasn't the cannon fodder he wasn't the guy who was just in to entertain he was there to win yeah and so he went and all of a sudden they sort of went okay well how can we you know elongate your career slightly and they put him in and they they turned him, Buddy McGirt turned him into a bit of a boxer. Yeah, and he was where, a good boxer. And he was a very good boxer. So yeah. it started with the Gianluca Branco fight. Yeah. Again, 12-round unanimous decision. That win. was for it a was, title, wasn't it? It was. It yeah. was for some sort of belt. And Branco was a good Italian fighter. He was sort of this sort of elite European level. He was on the scene for donkey's years. Yeah, you know, yeah, he, was, yeah. he was a good guy. He was a stand-up European style. Yeah. And Gatti basically beat him at that game. Yeah. And then he went into the Leonard Dorian fight. Well, he knocked Dorian out in a couple of rounds. But again, it was a much more controlled mm. and performance. So then he banged him out and he it was a body shot, I seem to remember, he took him out with. Yeah. And then the Jesse James Leher fight again was a stoppage. But again, it was controlled aggression, yeah. which we'd never seen from Arturo before. Yeah, yeah. This all led into the biggest fight of his career. Yeah. It was probably the worst defeat of his career as well with, yeah. with Floyd Mayweather Jr. And it was a massive event. Now, this fight again, and it was quite big in boxing history because this was Floyd Mayweather's first pay-per-view event. Yeah. So this was Floyd Mayweather being introduced to the world as, hey, no, I'm a superstar. Yeah. And it was his first one. And that led into Mayweather's fight with Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then he took off. Exactly. And so he had such a vital part to play yeah. in boxing history here. And it came from him, actually, that 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 sort of Indian summer of his career. Yeah, yeah. It came from him going, you know what, I'm a boxer. Yeah. Let's just try and box for a few fights. Yeah. And it, he got <laughs> fantastic well. results. He was good. <laughs> you know, he was very good. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I mean, that, it was such a nicely written piece by Tris Dixon, but, and again, there will be, because we've had people we know listen to the show and they say things like, let me know a fight to watch. Mm. Well, the one I'd suggest is the first Mickey Ward fight, definitely. But just Google Arturo Gatti and you could probably yeah. watch five or six of his fights yeah. and they're fantastic. Yeah. You know, brilliant fights. Just I've, I've never seen an Arturo Gatti sort of highlight reel before, but I bet there must be some amazing stuff on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There would be no better fighter, really. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. fantastic stuff. So, yeah, a little bit of a tribute to Arturo Gatti. What a fighter. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the circumstances of his death, what a shame. But let's remember him for the positive. A brilliant, brilliant warrior who wore his heart on his sleeve and gave everything he had to the oh, sport of boxing. Talk about leaving it all in the room. Yeah, what a guy. So, Joel, it's your turn to pick a magazine. Where's right, your stash? Here we go. <laughs> it's visible. It's on this table here. Right, Joel, what have you pulled out? I have got the Ring X 
Registrar, October 2006, with Oscar De La Hoya on the front cover, already looking quite aged, actually. Yeah, he's, um, he's got a smiley face there. So one, one final fight for Oscar is the is the headline. And Who was his final fight? His actual final fight mm. was Manny Pacquiao, wasn't it? Did he fight after that? Oh, he must have retired after that. Well, he, if he didn't... I don't didn't, think he ever came back, did no, he? No, I wouldn't have come back personally. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember him fighting again after that. Yeah, no, I can't actually. No, I think it was the Manny Pacquiao fight. Don't hold sure us to it, but we're 95% sure So the, the other picture on the front or front of this is Bernard Hopkins landing a beautiful left hand on the jaw of Antonio Tava. It's that- this light heavyweight yes. winning performance yes. that is all around there. And we've also got Barrera, Cotto, Rockman and the 2004 Olympics. Brilliant. Okay, so that Olympians. Be- Olympians. And how they're- oh, Andre Ward would have been one of them, I believe. Amir Khan. He was. Amir Khan certainly was. Yeah. That was the Quite only UK British representative. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. All right, well done, Joel. So you will do a piece on one of the uh, pieces in, in that magazine for us you next week. You are turning into such a teacher. You just praised me. You just said, well done. Yeah. <laughs> Picking out a magazine from a stack. Joel, Jesus. you can take your name from the green chart to the silver <laughs> chart you. now. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much, sir. Let's get to gold. <laughs> when do I get my sticker? Yeah. <laughs> are you going to tell be, my mum? You know you're going to be on red, though, at the end of the day. <laughs> maybe don't tell my mom (laughs) yeah (laughs) right on that note everyone we hope you've enjoyed we've certainly enjoyed this one and uh, we shall see you again next week Joel any final words oh you know what I'm going to say I love you all (laughs) right let's go (laughs) 